Hey friends, welcome back to the Modern Christian Podcast. It is me, your host, Shanye Robinson. I am so glad you came to join me. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I just want you to know that we are now officially friends. That's right. You and I are now officially friends and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I love you. If this is not your first time, well, thanks for coming back. I appreciate you so much for being here with me again. And you already know I love you too. Here at the Modern Christian Podcast, we are all friends and everyone can come and sit at this table. We are here to uplift, encourage, inspire, and help each other walk out our Christian faith in this modern world. Of course, I would love to hear from you, whether it be an advice question, prayer request, topic suggestion, feedback on an episode, or whatever God places on your heart to share. So, I know you're wondering, how can you contact me? Easy. I am Shanye Robinson on all social media platforms. And you can send me a message that way, or you can send an email to info at shanyerobinson.com. That is info at S-H-A-N-Y-I-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N.com. Now let's get into this week's episode. We are on episode six, and this week's episode is called Heal. I can't believe we're on episode six. Um, That's just amazing to me. I think everything that's, not I think, I know everything that's happening is just kind of, it keeps me in awe of God's goodness, his mercy, his grace, because when I tell you I shouldn't be here doing this, and this was so not my plan at all, and this is so out of my comfort zone, but you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy and it's awesome. And episode six is healed. So if you don't follow me on social media, which <laughs> shameless plug, it is Shiny Robinson on all platforms, Facebook, the Twitter and Instagram. Um, the Modern Christian is the clothing line, too. So that's also on all social media platforms, the Facebook, the Instagram and the Twitter. Anyway. I just, um, a, a, my, I had an interview. I got jumbled there for a second job. My bad. With, um, I was featured on a docu-series called the Ebony Diaries, Tell Your Truth, Own Your Identity series. And it was hosted by Ashley Good, who is an awesome, awesome person. Um, you guys should definitely check her out. She's wonderful. She's so dope. Um, it was a pleasure meeting her. We had a really good time. Unfortunately, I was supposed to go to North Carolina to, to film which I was super, super, super excited about. But then the Rona happened. (laughs) The Rona happened and the plans got canceled. Nevertheless, we still were able to record the docuseries and it was so much fun. And again, out of my comfort zone, um, but it was still fun. It was awesome. And so if you guys haven't checked it out, it's it's on her page. It's on my page. Um, It's on YouTube too. Um, It was was really good. It was about a 45 minute interview. And during the interview, <laughs> it was like when I was listening back to the interview. First of all, I was it's, I'm 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 weird like that. Like I don't like listening to myself. Like I'll put a podcast out and then I'm like I don't want to hear it <laughs> because I'm like so critical of myself, right? Aren't we all though? So I was listening back to it and um, I was just like, dang girl, that's what you said. Look at what God did through you. Damn. It was cool. But I shared like pieces of me that I've never shared with the world yet. So it was definitely, it def, it's a good interview. Like I got, 
I was like an open book. It was fully transparent. Um, I was spilling all my tea, which I actually have some good tea. It's funny. Um, but it was good. It was a great interview. So you guys should check it out. So we, I talked about a lot of the things that I had gone through, right? A lot of the traumas and abuses and stuff. And I talked about, um, she had asked me a question and I started to talk about healing. And that is what, you know, the more I listened to it, I was like, wow, God. Um, so that that's where the topic of today's podcast came from, heal. It stemmed from something that I said, well, that actually, I don't even remember saying this. Like a lot of the interview, a lot of the answers, when I say God was like speaking through me in that moment, it was because when I listened back to myself, I was like, wow, that's you. But it really wasn't me. It was God through me, but it was me, but it was God through me, if that makes sense. And um, it's resurrection week, right? It's holy week. It's Passover week. Today is good Friday. If, If you're not a believer yet, and you don't know what Passover week is, you don't know what Holy Week is, you don't know what Good Friday is, I'm going to give a quick explanation. So Passover week is when um, the Israelites, right, which is God's chosen people, um, this is the week that the plague passed over before the Exodus. This is all in the book of Exodus. So Moses went to go get his people. God sent plagues to the holy, to the lands because the Pharaoh didn't want to let Mo- and then they wouldn't let God's people go. And so um, what he, he the Israelites were instructed to put the blood of the lamb on the door so that the plague, you know, would pass them by. Death would pass them by. And God told them to always remember how I brought you out. And so Jewish people still celebrate Passover. Um, and so in Christianity, Passover week also happens to be Holy Week, which is the week when Jesus was arrested and crucified, and then he rose again, and that is amazing, this week is so, like, besides the season of Advent, this is one of my favorite, favorite times, favorite celebratory times in my faith, because I get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and it's so awesome to me, and it, it, um, it's just a reminder, right? It just gives me this spirit of gratefulness. It's like, ah, somebody actually loved me so much that they died for me. That's dope. Like, if you, if you really want to sit there and think about it, somebody loved you so much that they died for you. And so what better, you know, time on Good Friday? So we call this Good Friday because Good Friday is the day that Jesus went to the cross and was beaten and pierced in his side and in his hands and in his feet and a thorn, a crown of thorns placed on his head and given wine to drink. And he died. He died on Friday and we call it Good Friday because because of his death, we now are able to have relationship with God. That's number one. Um, number two, our sins can be forgiven. Like we now have access. Right. So and that's the basis of the Christian faith. You know, Jesus, Jesus Christ. So. Good Friday, we call it good, even though, okay, it was bad because, you know, he died. and <laughs> But it was good because he had to die. Um, because if he didn't die, we wouldn't be able to be whole, set free, forgiven, redeemed. We wouldn't get all the good stuff. So we're thankful for that. And so this is why heal. Heal is, is, is today's topic, and it's so fitting for Resurrection Week because... Because that was, I mean, Jesus died. He gave up his life so that we can be whole. 
so that we don't have to stay in the mess that we're in. We don't have to stay in the brokenness that we're in. We don't have to stay in the sin that we're in. Um, and what better way to talk about that? You know, what better day to talk about that than Good Friday? So in the interview, I was talking about a lot of my past pains and my past hurts and a lot of the traumas that I went through. And then I talked about healing and how a lot of the past pains and traumas um, made my identity. I talked about how I struggled with my identity, not knowing who I was, not knowing where I fit in, um, because I had like a really <laughs> rough childhood. I, I mean, it wasn't all bad. There's, I have some great memories from my childhood also, but I definitely had a rough childhood. And during this time, you know, in this season with everything that's going on with this, this global health pandemic and people are dying every day. Um, it's crazy. You know, there are people who are here today and they're gone tomorrow. And this time has, you know, made a lot of people stop and kind of pause and reset. Um, and some people don't have the luxury of pausing and stopping and resetting because they're frontliners. And, you know, to all my frontliners, praying so far with me for you all that God will continue to protect you and your families, excuse me. I'm so grateful for you all. Um, I'm married to a frontliner and it's definitely not easy. Um, I definitely cover him on a daily basis because it's definitely hard. But for a lot of us, we've been given an opportunity. We've had a lot of alone time, right? We've had a lot of, I'm not going to, okay, so I'm a mom of three. I don't really get too much alone time, but I still have moments like in my prayer time and in my time that I spend with God, which has definitely been, um, I've tried to been do, I'm trying to do that more and more now. I've had time to self-reflect. And during this time, God has been showing me areas that I still need to work on. Um, he's, you know, and not just the times that I'm, able to spend with God and where he showed me, shows me things that I can self-reflect on, but conversations that I've had with friends and family kind of triggered something. And then it gave me an opportunity to try to, to, you know, like dig deeper to see why did that bother you? And why is that hurting you? Or, you know, why is, why are you having this response? Right. And so that's one of the, the positive things that have, has come out of this current time of this quarantine, because I am staying home. You know, my children are high-risk children, unfortunately. So I'm definitely staying home as much as possible besides my essential run to the grocery store. And so I, I would urge you, I would encourage you during this time, if you are home and you're by yourself or whatever your, situ- your situation may be, in, in the time that you get to spend with yourself, and if you're not spending time alone with yourself, you should. This is a perfect time to kind of like self-reflect. If you're not spending more time with God and in his word, you should. You should. I mean, I know we all have, a lot of us still have work to do. A lot of us still have children and we have families and, you know, everything in between. But now is a great time to just self-reflect. So in my self-reflection, um, I have been dealing with some stuff, right? And and kind of realizing that some things that are that still triggering me. And God was just showing me areas that, hey, you're weak right here. And I need and I need you to be stronger right here. And yes, in your weakness, I am made strong. You know, I think that we get so caught up in the fact that, yes, God can use broken people. Most of the people in the Bible who were used by God in amazing ways, right? Noah, 
David, um, who else was crazy? Moses. You know, Moses had a stutter. Um, he he didn't want to do it. Noah was a drunk. David was a whole lot of stuff, like a whole lot. He was an adulterer. He was a liar. He he killed that man. Uh, he killed that lady wife, that lady husband. Yeah, the Bible is like it got some tea in it. It got some stories about some craziness, but nevertheless, <laughs> God definitely used broken people. You know, I mean, even Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was from Nazareth, which was like the hood. Right. And it's funny. I believe it's in John. It's somewhere in the Bible. Find it. It's in there. But um, one of the disciples was like, hey, this is Jesus. Man, I was talking about the Nazarene. And the dude was like, I know the Nathaniel. Nathaniel was his name because I remember looking up the definition, what what was the Hebrew definition of Nathaniel, the Hebrew meaning of Nathaniel. And Nathaniel was like, can anything good come from Nazareth? So he was like, bruh, right? So um, even Jesus, Jesus was from the hood. He wasn't from the best of places and he was Jesus the Christ. So I say all that to say, yes, God can use broken people. God can use you right now exactly where you are, living the way you're living. But he wants you whole. He can use you broken, but he wants you whole. He gave his son so that we have an opportunity to become whole. We don't have to stay in this brokenness. We don't have to operate from a place of brokenness. Um, And it's time. It's time for a lot of us to heal because there are places that God wants to take us, but he can't. with the brokenness that we have, you know, yes, he can use you broken. He can, but again, he does want you whole. And there are certain dimensions. There are certain levels that that he wants you to get to that he can't take you carrying that weight of the brokenness that you have right now. Um, I think some of us were born into brokenness, right? Some of us were born into broken families. Some of us were born into broken cycles. We were born into cycles of silence, cycles of abuse, um, cycles of addiction. And that wasn't your fault. You know, let me be perfectly clear. What happened to you wasn't your fault. And this usually goes for most of the areas in which people are are still hurting and holding on from. You know, that person's inability to love you is not your fault. Your abuse that you suffered through, that you survived through, it's not your fault. You're not the reason that they hit you. You're not the reason that they couldn't keep their hands off of you. You're not the reason. It's not your fault that you were raped. It's not your fault that you were molested. It's not your fault that you were abandoned. It's not your fault that you were rejected. It's not your fault. You're not responsible for that trauma. And I am so sorry that it happened to you. For so long, I needed somebody to say that to me, right? Because I was just, I was like, what? When I was a kid, um, I acted out. Like, I had a really bad attitude. I did really stupid things. Like, really, really, really stupid things. And um, depending on who you asked, they would have said I was a bad kid. Depending on who you asked. And I mean, 
most of my family, especially on my mother's side, all thought I was a bad kid. They all said I had a bad attitude. I was disrespectful. I mean, I was pretty much everything all the time but a child of God in their eyes. <laughs> Except for, I mean, I had one aunt who, um, like, who could see past what was going on and could see past um, my pain. Like, she could see past my behavior and realize that that was pain talking. And she she loved me through it. She Like, the more I fought her, the more I fought against her, the harder she loved me, right? But I... I had experienced so much so young. You know, I was molested when I was eight. The first time I saw somebody die, I was five. Being born in the South Bronx. You know, we was born in the hood and we was playing. Um, we were playing like, so I don't know if you guys know what a project is. I'm not going to get into details about the projects, but I was one of the projects. And my brother and I, my mom and my mom's friend, we was in her her child. Or I think it was, it was two of them. It might have been one little boy. Um, I was five. And I'm 35 now, seven, 30 years ago. But the um, we're playing, there's like a park and not really a park, not the park that you would think of, but the park in the projects. And it was a basketball court. And these two guys got into it. And one guy pulled out a gun and they started shooting the weed. And we're hiding under a bench, right? And I was five. And I still, that event traumatized me so much that I could, I can tell you what the people had on that day. That's how that's how that memory is like stuck in my head. Right. And so the first time I saw somebody get shot, I was five years old. And, you know, eventually we moved out of the Bronx and my mom was like, nope. It was like after that, my mom took us and we like went to go live with my aunt. And this was an aunt who could like see past. She was just like, she would love you hard. So. And then like when I was, when I was eight, I was molested by my babysitter's husband, like aunt, like constantly. Um, it was just a lot. I had, and I acted out, you know, and then my mom walked out when I was nine going on 10. My mom walked out, um, you know, she just like, we came home from school one day. My dad actually took, picked us up from school. We didn't come home from school. He picked us up from school. He sat my brother and I in the, ki- on, in the kitchen and he's like crying. And my dad is like one of the hardest people that, like, I've only seen my dad cry maybe four or five times in my life. I'm, I'll be 35 this year. I said four or five times in my life, I have seen my father cry. And he was crying. And he told us that our mother left, she won't come back. And I was nine, going on 10. So I've experienced a lot of pain. And for a long time, you know, instead of people didn't, and so I acted out, had an attitude, did stupid things, hung out with the wrong crowd. I <laughs> Eventually through this podcast, you probably could hear a lot of stories and a lot of stupid things that I did. But all of it was because like, I didn't know how to process the pain that I was feeling. And nobody showed me, nobody taught me how to process what I was going through. Nobody talked to me about healing or anything like that. Well, that's not just not how I was raised. And again, y'all know I wasn't raised in a Christian household. So for so long, I just needed somebody to say, I'm sorry for what happened to you. You know, I needed somebody to say, you know, what happened to you wasn't your fault. You weren't the reason why this happened. Nothing is wrong with you. You are not damaged. You are not. And, you know, so I. That's why I need you guys to understand. And I wanted to share and I wanted to say, I am genuinely sorry for what happened to you. And you need to know that what happened to you was no fault of your own. People's inability to love you, to respect you, to honor you, to give you what you desire, to give you the love that you are seeking and you are craving. That's not your fault. That's a reflection of them. And it's not a reflection of you. They didn't walk away because of you. They walked away because of their own brokenness. 
And that has nothing to do with you. Even though the trauma was not your fault, healing is your responsibility. Healing is your, you need to heal and you have to heal because there are people who are depending on you to heal. The best version of you, the next version of you is depending on you to heal. The people who God has assigned to your life, the people whose lives you are going to change, you are going to impact, they need you to heal. Your children need you to heal. Your future children need you to heal. Your future grandchildren, they need you to heal because your healing breaks the cycle. Your healing stops it. Your healing casts it out from your generation. A lot of the traumas that we've experienced are literally generational curses. My, you know, my grandmother was abused or my grandfather was abused. So he abused my, my mom or my dad. And now my mom or my dad, they abuse me. And it's because nobody healed from their brokenness. Nobody healed from their brokenness. In those, but not you need to heal. You need to heal so that it stops with you, so that it doesn't get passed down to your next generation, the next generation in your family. You need to heal so that you can end the curse. You can end the curse of divorce in your bloodline. Everybody in your family has gotten divorced. But you don't have to continue that cycle. What if God is using you to restore godly marriage in your bloodline? What if God is using you to end the cycle of molestation in your bloodline? You were molested. Your mama was molested. Your aunt was molested. Your grandma was molested. Her mother was molested. Her mother was molested. What if he's using you to end it? How how do you end that cycle? By speaking up, by sharing your story. But you can't share your story. You can't speak up until you heal from it. And in order to heal from something, you have to actually acknowledge that it happened. That's the first part of healing, acknowledging that it happened and acknowledging that it hurt. You got to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with the areas that you were still broken. You have to be honest with the areas that hurt you. The more that you the more that you sit around acting like there's nothing wrong, the deeper that wound gets. The deeper that wound gets. It's just like ignoring a medical ailment, right? Say you have, you start getting headaches, okay, and randomly out of the blue, you just get these massive headaches, and they are debilitating headaches, and you, you know, you take some Tylenol, and you keep rolling, but you keep getting the headaches. They keep coming back, they keep coming back, and they keep coming back, and they keep coming back, but you refuse to go to the doctor, because you're just going to push through, you're going to act like it doesn't exist, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep going, until one day, you know, that headache turns into something more severe. When you can't heal from that, if you keep ignoring it, you're never going to be okay. If you keep ignoring it, the headaches will never go away. They're just going to intensify. They're going to keep they're going to keep bothering you. They're going to get more debilitating and they're going to stop you from functioning in your life. Now your everyday functions are going to be harder and harder because you still have these headaches. And if you would just go to the doctor, and get a diagnosis and begin your, your healing process, right? So the healing process beginning, going to the doctor, getting a diagnosis, coming out with a treatment plan. That's the healing part. Well, God is your doctor. And the pain and the hurt that you're feeling is no different from a physical pain and hurt where you have to go get 
you have to go get medical help for it. Well, God is your help. But ignoring it doesn't make it go away. You can't you can't ignore it. You have to be honest with yourself. Um, I remember I remember one day I was just like crying in my kitchen. Um, I almost a year, not almost, like la- last year I had a falling out with a really good friend of mine. Like she was like my sister. Um, I don't really, I don't really know what happened. And we stopped speaking to each other. Um, and I'm not going to go into detail, uh, you know, about that, but we wind up, stop, we wind up, we don't speak to each other. We haven't spoken to each other in a very long time. And I tried so hard to act like it didn't bother me. I was like, whatever, you know, whatever. Until one day I remember being in my kitchen and I was crying. Somebody had said something to me. I just started crying. And I was like hysterically crying. And I didn't know why I was crying. Right? I didn't know. And I kept trying to walk around like I was cool and like it didn't hurt. But it was it it was weighing on me so much. It was so heavy. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to apologize. But confrontation is difficult for me. And confrontation is difficult for me because I still need to heal from some issues in my past, right? So I still deal with um, abandonment issues. There's some residual issues going on with abandonment. And I realized that my abandonment issues, because I haven't healed completely from them yet, affect other areas of my life. And it makes me not want to be confrontational because I feel like in my mind, if I confront this person about this thing, then that may cause them to leave. Because when I was nine, my mother left me and I had unresolved abandonment issues. And those unresolved abandonment issues have turned into other issues. So anyway, um, I don't like confrontation. So instead of calling this person, I sent them an email. But I, but nevertheless, I reached out in the way that was just most comfortable for me. And I apologized. And I didn't know, and I didn't necessarily feel like I was wrong in the situation. But I apologized because I feel like, well, maybe you did hurt them in some way, shape, form, or fashion that you may not know about. And some people are stuck in a place because some because they've never received an apology for a wrongdoing or what they feel is wrong. So I apologize. They never responded. And that level of rejection from somebody who I love like a sister was a pain that I can't explain, right? And because I haven't completely healed all of the areas that have been affected from my abandonment issues, it hurt. And I just, again, tried to ignore it. I tried to ignore it. I was like, I'm good. It don't even matter. Whatever. Um, And so, like, God had to sit me down and I had to be honest with him. And I had to say, Daddy, it hurts. Daddy, it still hurts. Daddy, why did they do that to me? Daddy, why did they treat me like that? I was genuinely sorry. I was genuinely apologizing. You know my heart. You know I meant what I said. Why? And I had to say, this hurts. And what happens when I did that? It allowed him room to come in. And it allowed, I gave him that space of pain so that he can come in and he can fix it. So that he can come in and he can heal it. Um, And, you know, 
First Peter, not First Peter. <laughs> no, it is First Peter. First Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares about you. Um, I had to give it to him. I had, I had to give it to him because I needed that closure because I couldn't get closure from the other person and I don't know why, you know, and it's not for me to sit. I'm not going to sit here and try to figure it out because that ain't my job. I'm not God. I don't know why, but I needed to open up and give God that space so he can come in and he can begin to give me the closure that I needed because I'm not going to get it from that person. And some, you got to realize that you, you may never get an apology from the person that hurt you. But you are still responsible to to find closure and to move on. And you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. And that doesn't mean that they weren't wrong. It doesn't mean that the way you feel isn't is not valid. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It just means that they are not in a space where they can give you what you need. And that's not a reflection of you. That's a reflection of them. But you still have to move on. You still have to find closure. You still have to give that space and give that area to God. I know it hurts you. I know. And it, let me, it was wrong. They shouldn't have done it to you. It shouldn't have happened to you. But it did. And now you have to be strong enough. And you have to be brave enough and courageous enough to give it to God because he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares so much for you that he died for you. He sent his son in the flesh to die for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants you whole. That's how much he wants to heal you. That's how much he, he's, he's covered you. But you have to let him in that space. You have to. Psalms 55 and 2 says, 55 and 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. Well, you become righteous when you believe in Jesus Christ. You become a child of God. You get that. You get that access. And God can't, God wants the burden. He doesn't, you carrying around this weight and it's stopping you from becoming who it is he calls you to be. Let it go and give it to him. Give it to him. Be honest. Uh, you got to forgive. That's hard for me, right? And I don't really still, I'm, I'm, you know, guys, I'm really transparent. I don't know everything. I'm walking out this journey with you. And what I know I share. What God tells me to share, I share. But forgiveness is hard for me. It's always been hard for me because I feel like when you forgive somebody, and a lot of people feel like this, you know, when you forgive somebody, you are uh, releasing their responsibility of, of their wrongdoing. But that's not true. Me forgiving somebody who hurt me doesn't mean that they weren't wrong. And it doesn't mean that my pain isn't valid. It just means that the pain that they caused or the pain that was caused by their actions no longer controls me. It's no longer holding me back. It's me releasing them. It's me. Re- I had, um, I think it was IG on my Instagram, maybe a while back. I had spoke about releasing the hostages, releasing the hostages of your life. You are holding people hostage to the things that they did to you. And it's time for you to let them go. And you're not releasing them for them. You're releasing them for you because the weight is keeping you down. The weight is holding you back. It's not doing anything to them, but it's doing everything to you. That's forgiveness. You got to learn how to forgive 
or an apology that you'll never get. You have to learn how to forgive people for things that they may never acknowledge that they did to you. I suffered abuse from different people in my life. And I've confronted certain people about the abuses that I've suffered. And they refuse to acknowledge it. And you might face that at some time, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Somebody's refusal to acknowledge what they did to you doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means that they can't handle the weight of that acknowledgement. It's too much for them to handle. For a long period of time, my mom was really abusive, physically abusive, verbally abusive. I mean, I was all types of bees and hoes, you know, and... In my adulthood now, I realized that it was a cycle of abuse, that she was abused by her father, and that was the only way that she knew. And in her mind, it wasn't abuse. But in reality, it was. Um, anytime you leave marks and bruises on your children, that that's, that's abuse, y'all. That's not a good spanking. I need us to get out of that mindset of, I got my butt whooped and I was fine. No, you have trauma that you need to heal from, that you keep ignoring. And you think because you can function that you don't have any residual effects from your childhood, and that's a bold-faced lie. Um, but the moment that you begin on the journey of wholeness and healing, God will begin to reveal to you the areas in which you're broken and the root of the brokenness. Let's be clear. You got to get to the root of it. You got to get to the root of it so that God can pull that root up and it can't grow any other roots and it can't extend out to other things. You know, like my my dislike for conflict. Okay. I don't like conflict. And I, I said that earlier. Um, and, but I don't like conflicts because of my abandonment issues, because, um, my abandonment issues and my rejection and fear of rejection has trained me to be a people pleaser because in my mind, if I do everything you want me to do and I do what I can to please you, you won't reject me and you won't leave me. So I will never have to feel the type of pain that I felt when I was younger again. And so I became a people pleaser and somebody who didn't like conflict. So I didn't know who I was for a long time because it was I was like a shapeshifter. I would be whoever you needed you you needed me to be in whatever relationship I was in, whether it, it was a relationship with a significant other, you know, or it was a relationship with a friend. I would be the version of me that was acceptable to you, so that you would accept me and won't reject me because I wanted so long to be accepted and to be loved because I long for it ever since I was a child. But that comes from children who have been physically abused and sexually abused. They, they, their identity has been damaged. They don't know who they are. Um, it's, it's a lot, right? And so because of that, <laughs> I, just, I just got real deep right quick, right? Like I'm, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a therapist, y'all, but I did take a psych class in college. Anyway, so I became a people pleaser. And I I didn't like I don't like conflict. And then that stemmed into relationships. And then it also stemmed, and now I'm 35, or I'll be 30, so I'm 34. Um, my husband and I are going on six years of marriage, right? Um, nothing but the grace of God. And I realized in our six years of marriage, going through the trials and tribulations that we went through, that a lot of the the issues that we were struggling with was because I don't like conflict. So if something was done, if something was said that made me mad, I wouldn't say nothing about it. 
Instead, I would just be quiet with it. I would just have, I would have a silent attitude, but it wouldn't really be silent because it was all over my face and I would have attitude and I would do things begrudgingly, you know, um, I would be petty. I have a degree in petty and I'll be trying not to be petty because that ain't of the Lord. Well, I mean, technically it is of the Lord because Jesus was the pettiest person of them all, which I love that about him, but it's not like he was petty for a different reason from what I was being petty for. So uh it all stemmed from me avoiding conflict from issues that I didn't heal from in my past. And if if you're married, if you want to be married, if you ever get married, you can't avoid conflict. And conflict is not a bad thing. Conflict is good. It's just how you conflict and how you resolve conflict where the problem comes in. But I didn't like I so I don't want to talk about nothing. So nothing would get resolved because I'm like, whatever. And I would just get an attitude or I would just shut down and not say anything. And then I would just be mad. Right? And then I'd be mad for days. Like I could, ooh, I could hold a grudge. So I would just be mad and just stop talking. Like, whatever. I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't good. And it caused problems. It definitely did cause problems in marriage because you have to be able to talk about things. Communication is like a must when you're married to somebody, when you're trying to become one, when you're building an entire life with somebody, when you have a life with somebody, you have a family, it's important. So I say all that to say, when you don't heal, it starts to affect other areas of your life. But the closer you get with God, the more he will reveal to you areas in which you are broken, areas in which you which you have hidden deep down inside your deepest, darkest places, he'll begin to open them up. Um, and then you you relive it, you have to acknowledge it, and then you have an opportunity to give it to him so he can help you heal. And the last thing I want to let you know is that some of y'all might need to go to therapy. I know I said such a taboo word. I said therapy. Yeah, y'all need Jesus and the therapist. That is a shirt on the Modern Christian um, website. FYI, shameless plug, themodernchristian.co. I do have a shirt that says y'all need Jesus and therapy. And yes, they can go hand in hand. God can do anything. Okay. I will never, ever take away God's power. God can do anything. But some of y'all still might need to go to therapy. Some of y'all might still need to go talk to somebody. He gave us therapists for a reason. He gave us psychologists, psychiatrists for a reason. Some of y'all have some chemical imbalances inside of your brain. And you might need to go get some medication for that. Okay? You might need to go get some medication. Listen, I have a child who has some struggles. Right? And, um... It's not, you know, she has some delays and if there's some wires that are just not crossing right all the time and it causes her to act the same way. And I love God and I know God gave me this baby. Kennedy, my Kennedy is like, oh, that's my girl, right? She, whoo, she challenges me. Lord, she challenges me. But she, I'm not naive to think that, you know, this is not something that, how can I say this? You know, I can't pray it out of her. She needs to go to therapy. It's not something, I mean, like, yes, can can I pray it out of her? Yes, but I can't pray it out of her, if that makes sense. Like, she needs there. she has to go to therapy because we need, we, it's just a must, you know? And y'all, therapy's okay. I love my therapist. She's awesome. She's amazing. I didn't always think therapy was okay. I get it. I'm, I'm black. And in our culture, Therapy is taboo. If you go to therapist, it means you're crazy. You know, it, what goes in this household stays in this household. Don't tell everybody your business. I know I, it's been said time and time and time again. Stop it. 
It's time to break those old thoughts and those old patterns. That's why you're still, those generational cycles are continuing because nobody, nobody went and got help. Nobody, if you knew how to do it, you wouldn't still be in it. You wouldn't still be dealing with it. Sometimes we need help and it's okay to need help. And yes, God is our ultimate source of help. I'm going to pray about it and ask the Lord if you need to go to therapy and ask him to help you find a therapist because that's what I did. And I found a Christian therapist. What? Yes, a Christian therapist. I found one and I love her and she calls me on my stuff and I don't always like it, but it's something that I need. Um, It's a space where I could be vulnerable because, yeah, I talk to God and I cast all my cares. I try. I try to cast all my cares upon him. But sometimes I don't be hearing him be talking back. And so he'll use my therapist to say things to me. You know, the Bible says, do not forsake wise counsel. We were created to be in relationship. We were created to have community, to have villages. There's nothing wrong with going to a therapist. And some of us, some of y'all, I'm not going to say us because I go. So some of y'all need to go to therapy because there are some serious traumatic things that you have experienced that you need to heal from. It's not easy. It's definitely hard, but somebody died so that you can be whole again. Somebody died so you can be whole again. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. There is healing in Christ. Because of this weekend, because of this good Friday, we have the opportunity to be sons and daughters of God because of Christ. We have the opportunity to heal because of what he did for us. And healing looks different for a lot of people, y'all. And healing means going to therapy. Healing means first acknowledging what broke you. Acknowledging that you are broken, acknowledging what broke you, finding the root of that thing, casting it over to God, giving it to him, allowing him to start to move on your behalf, to start healing you. And in that process, because healing is a journey, y'all, it does not happen overnight. It, you, didn't, you didn't get hurt overnight. You had been holding on to this thing for years and years and years. So you're not going to erase it overnight. Healing and wholeness is a journey and a process that you do every day. Every day. And so once you allow God in and he begins that healing process, for a lot of y'all, that looks like going to therapy. And therapy is okay. Therapy is okay. Stop allowing society and what your grandmama, grandmama, grandmama said to keep you broken, to keep you in this cycle. He's calling you to break the cycle. He's calling you to break the silence. He's calling you to stop it. It's you. You're going to be the one that changes it for your bloodline. You're going to be the one that changes it for your children's children's children. Listen, my daughters will never go through what I went through because I went through it for them. Not only did I go through it for them, I'm getting healed so that I can be whole because brokenness begets brokenness. And if that is the case, then wholeness can create wholeness. And I am determined, sorry, I, I hate to say it by accident. I am determined to create whole, healthy, emotionally intelligent children 
so that they can create whole, healthy, emotionally intelligent children. I want my children to be everything that God called them to be in this world. And in order for them to be everything God called them to be in this world, I got to be everything God called me to be in this world. And in order for God to take me to where he wants to take me, I have to release the weight of the brokenness in my life. And that journey has been hard. It has left me crying on many nights. It has left me in my bed for a day because I'm just like, God, wow, that's why sometimes revelation is painful. And if, if you need your day to rest, take your day to rest. But heal, 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 heal. Somebody died for your wholeness. So take advantage of it. Do not stay broken. I love y'all. Be encouraged. Stay home. Stay safe. As always, I'm literally praying for everybody who hears this message. I'm praying that it touches you in a way in which it gets you to move. It gets you to I'm praying that it it just does whatever God needs it to do for you. I'm praying for every single person under the sound of my voice who hears this message. I am genuinely and fervently praying for you. I genuinely love you. And happy Good Friday.